whose idea was it to build this temple of Babel? Were they falling away from God again at this point? Hey guys, we're back here with Oliver. Today we do have a guest speaker. It's my wife. Her name is Ashley. We're excited and honored to have her on our podcast. And uh, yeah, very excited. Chapter 11, quick overview of chapter 11 is the Tower of Babel. And two names that may sound familiar is Abram and Lot. Okay. Yeah, so I'm really excited. There's a lot here. There is there is a lot here. So we'll discuss. We'll discuss a lot. So really excited to get this started. So let me start us off in a prayer. All righty. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. We just thank you for this time that we're able to uh, spend time learning more about your word and about the history in the Old Testament. So Lord, we just thank you for this time. Give us a uh, revelation. And bless those that, that are watching. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I uh, just want to say if anybody wants to support our channel, you can uh, comment, like, and subscribe. And uh, we're going over the chapter 11, Genesis, uh, Tower of Babel. And John, you brought Ashley in because she knows a lot about this stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Great. That's good because I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> we're both going to be learning here <laughs> okay that's awesome that's awesome all right i'm going to get to the reading unless there's anything somebody wants to say <laughs> before i start <laughs> nope okay nope. all right ashley did you want to introduce yourself by any chance sure all right hi all right. my Ashley, I have a huge heart for the end times. And as John mentioned, I don't know a lot. I, I know a little. I swear the more I study, the less I know. But I will do my best to share with you the knowledge that I've learned in the last few years. So thanks for having me on. Awesome. This is great. All right. The Tower of Babel, Chapter 11, Genesis. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, said one to another, Go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. All right, um, and they and they said, "Go to let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we scattered abroad upon the face of the earth." And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. I just wanted to stop there and ask a question. Yes. Um, why do you think humans like we we feel this need? to make these giant towers and churches, okay? Uh, do you think God requires these things? Like, they're very grandiose, but we always, and we still do this to this day, we have to make these, like, large structures and stuff. And I don't know, like, what do you, why do you think we do this? We keep doing this. Does God really need it? Does it really matter to God? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He wouldn't care. We were in a little tin shed. And in this case, this actually wasn't for 
like our God. And so doing some research, what's going on here is they actually built something called a ziggurat. A and ziggurat, okay. Go do research on this. And different people have thoughts on what a ziggurat was used for. In a nutshell, it was a place for gods to dwell. I also read that a ziggurat, it being so high up, it's as if they wanted the gods or a god to come down and meet with them. And that's why it was so high up. And so in this case, this building was completely not of God. This whole story, as we go deeper, even though it's just like a little paragraph, there's so much here. But back to what you were saying, I think man just gets lost in, in materialism. We get lost in and and things and in and big things and you know windows and all of that. But I don't I don't think God cares about that at all. So just to answer your question, no, he, he doesn't. I don't think he cares at all about that stuff. Okay, okay. Um, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower with which the children of men builded. But we're all children of God, right? Like it's saying they're children of men, but their children of men would still be, they're all his children, are they not? Like we're all children of God. Is that not how he looks at it? Uh, are just... all, yes, all, yes, we all are children of God. Mm, that's interesting. I never, I never looked at that scripture that deep. No. Maybe. This is off the tip of my tongue they actually rebelled really really bad against god i know it doesn't really look like it like once we get to well actually the above verse where it says in my version it says come let us make ourselves a city whose tower um is to the top of the heavens let us make our name for ourselves so we don't scatter abroad like we look at that and we're like well, that's not that bad there is actually so much evil in that verse. And we and I want to break it apart, if you don't mind, and we can do that in a little while. But maybe because there's so much evil going on. Okay. The, the author said, Sun and that's just me going off the tip of my tongue. Um, but I never looked at that that close before. But that's a good observation. But but no, we all are children of God. But Okay. I would want to do research on that. That's actually a good question. So I can't answer that right now, but I could. Okay. Find so why do you think God came down to, to see everything? Like, and like, what did he come down as? Like, do you think he came down? as just like a, a person, like an average person, just kind of, you know, playing super spy or whatever. Or do you think like, like, why did he come down to look at it? Like, why he's already way up here why would he even care to come down he can see it from up up in heaven anyways right maybe because it was such a big keep on reading it actually says um let us go down so in verse six nope seven towards the the end, no the very beginning of verse seven it says come okay. um, us go down so you ask like how do they come down so some way, somehow, the Trinity, Holy Spirit, Father God, Jesus, they came down. Now, I don't know how they did that, but I believe they did 
because this was such a big deal. I think eventually the Godhead, they're going to divide these people and give them all a new language. And I think it's such a big deal. They've decided just to come down and do it. Okay. You know, you know, like, I mean, I know you and I aren't yet, but eventually someday we'll be parents and we have kids downstairs. There's going to be times we just shout down the stairs. Hey, duh, 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 duh. but then there's times when we really need our, our children's attention. Right. Like there's times that, no, I need to see them face to face. So maybe, Maybe that's why I would be interested to see what John has to say. Yeah. So, I mean, your first question, are we all uh, children of, of children's of God? Uh, to answer your question, God questions uh, explains that really well. We are not. It says wow. this, the Bible is clear that all people are God's creation and that God loves the entire world. But only those who are born again, which only those that are actual believers that say that Jesus is Lord, are children of God. And some of the verses is John 1, 12, 11, 52, Romans 8, 16. So when we accept Christ into our hearts, we become part of his family. So we become his children. Okay. So you're not his you're not his children until you believe. Is that what they're trying to say? Or that's that's what that's what scripture that's what scripture says. Okay. See, I was always under the, the, the impression, like I just thought that I was like, you're instantly in, no matter what, because he never turns from you. He always wants, you know, he wants you. So like I just thought we were we're all God's children, right? I've heard it so many times spoken like Someone will be like, we are all God's children. And they're talking to somebody who may not have even picked up a Bible before or, or gone to church. And they say it like that. So, like, that's just, it's it's kind of throwing me for a loop a little bit. Yeah, because in Romans, in Romans 8, 16, it says the spirit himself testifies with mm -hmm. our spirit that we are God's children. So the spirit himself, which is the Holy Spirit, the only way that you get the Holy Spirit that um, is becoming a follower of Christ. Okay. So it specifically says here in Romans 8, 16, the spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, um, with our spirit, because we have a spirit, states that we are God's, uh, God's children. Okay. So scripture to back it up, we are all, we're God's creation. Yeah, God loves every, everybody the same. Um, he searches for everybody. He wants everybody to be saved. But according to this, um, specifically says that we are his children if we are a follower of Christ. Okay. Maybe I'll just kind of give a nugget. I think what Oliver and I were maybe trying to portray like five minutes ago, I think God wants all of us to be children. You know, I think he wants that and it's available for everyone. And so maybe yeah. that Oliver and I were trying to say, but we just kind of had oh, okay. for it. Cause I know, I know God's heart. I know God's heart. And so I 100% know that he wants all of us to be children, but I do agree with John now that obviously has scripture back it up as well. I now do see though, 
to actually be called a child, you have to accept him as your dad, and then you're a child. And so, okay. there we go. Look at that. I learned something. Thank yeah, you. and I'll give you. I'll give you one more. One more verse. John one twelve says, "Yet to all who did receive him, receive him as base, which means you're receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior." To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay. So you have so, to take him. You, you have to take yeah. him into your heart or let him in. Okay. Yeah. Fair and enough. it's and, and for, for the viewers, you know, it's not saying God is rejecting you and pushing you aside and you're not valuable. You are still God's creation. He wants you to be a part of his family. And to be a part of his family is to accept him as Lord and Savior. Okay. So who who started this whole thing? Like who uh, whose idea was it to build this uh, this temple of Babel? Uh, like who was in charge? Who said you know who commissioned the idea to to build this tower of Babel? Um, what wh like like are we falling? So you were saying earlier, like were they falling away from God again at this point? Yeah, so remember in chapter, I believe it was in chapter 10, um, Nimrod, um, Nimrod, right. Nimrod was a big part of big part of this. And okay. his name means let us rebel. So this whole thing had to do with rebelling against God, the creator okay. of the universe. And being prideful and wanting to build something that just made them feel important and, you know, built them up. Because it, it, it states here that, come, let us build ourselves a city. Mm -hmm. uh, let us make a name for ourselves. Oh. So they wanted to, they wanted all the glory. Okay. And I'm going to just kind of jump in a little bit because I was doing a little. So I don't believe Nimrod is actually on the scene yet. Because okay. what's happened here, and it's kind of confusing, and sometimes the Bible does this. So chapter 10, mm -hmm. they put out like all the people groups, right? And like where they went. You know, oh, that's yeah. what the Table of Nations chapter. Well, then... If you start reading chapter 11 all the way through, um, ex like especially verse 9, it says, and then, you know, God scattered them out. But you're like, but did he that in Genesis chapter 10? So what's happening here is the Tower of Babel actually was first. And sometimes scripture is not always chronological. And so the Tower of Babel is first. I just see it as it's literally, from my perception, Everyone, all of Noah's descendants, it was a big group of them. It came from the east, whatever that means. We can go look at a map. Um, but it came from the east. And I believe it was all of them. And it doesn't say, as I did my research, there was not like one chief commander yet. Okay, so it was that. I mean, there probably was someone, but it wasn't listed. And after God comes down or the Trinity comes down, he scatters them, and that scattering, you can go back to Genesis 
Ken to get more details on that. And we're going to get even more details on that in the last part of chapter 11. Sometimes the scriptures will, will do that, but it's kind of like doing conversation. Let's say I said, Hey, Oliver, today I woke up and I walked my dog and then I worked on my computer and I ate dinner. Oh, and by the way, when I was walking Caleb, oh, the wind was so bad and da 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 da. Yeah, we did chronological. Then I, yeah, it may not have happened in that order, but it did happen, yeah. right? We'll do that. Okay. FY. Okay, fair enough. Okay. And, and the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. And they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to... Oh, did I miss a little bit there? Um, you might have read, you can maybe go read verse 10. It's okay if you have to read a little bit more. Um, uh, sorry, I'm going to start this one up at uh, verse 4. <laughs> they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So my question was, is like, why is he making us weak? Like, why, why is he trying to, why does the Lord try to restrain man, essentially, from, you know, he, he's restraining things from us. Why is he doing that? Because the way I see it is, he's like, he just scattered uh, the people. He, he's made it so that we don't understand each other. Um, he's confounded our language. Uh, why why is he doing this like why is he making it harder for us to communicate as a people we have a whole pile of people and you know like i what i've found in earth is when you have a bunch of like-minded people you're strong but then when you start scattering right you, you, the hint the, the herd starts thinning out you become weak like weaker as a people um so like why is he, it seems like he's purposely, he's doing this to weaken us. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the way I see it. Okay. So if you see in verse six. Yeah. At the, at the end of it, God says, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them. So right there is not complete restraint. Okay. So he just says, whatever pretty much they plan to do, propose to do, it's not going to be withheld from them. So okay. he is letting them have free will, but there is some restraint. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I believe it's very much future. Um, where I really want to go in this conversation is going to be a subject matter called the harlot of Babylon. Okay. This is end times 
We will okay. get there. Okay, we will get there. But back to your question. If he would let everyone stay in this frame of mind, all being one and being strong, this would have been this would have been too much evil. It was not time yet. It was not time yet. Eventually, I see this people group and this future city. So when you saw the word Babel, it actually can mean Babylon, okay? It's not yet a city, but it becomes a city. You guys read that last week with Nimrod. The city becomes a capital. A capital becomes an empire, okay? And it's the Babylon Empire. Well, anyways, with all that said, the Lord is going to want as many people to come into the kingdom of God as possible. And evil is going to increase and increase. And eventually it's going to be so thick and so heavy. And the Antichrist will rise up. And there's going to have to be a stop of him. Um, but the Lord's restraining until that time is the right time. And there's actually a Bible verse on that. Um, if you want to go look at it, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 6 through 8, actually literally talks about God being a restrainer and why he is restraining. And at some point, he's going to not restrain anymore. And I believe the restraining started way back here because he had to. If he just let man completely run, it would have been horrible. So there was some restraint, but eventually he's going to have his hand all off. So, so, so is this also when I see what's happening here? So when men went amok, they did it before, right? They did it with during Noah's time. They went amok. He sent a flood. This time, they go amok. They're going amok again. And so this time, do you think he's taking a lighter hand on them? Like he's like, I'm going to take it a little easier on them this time. I'm going to spread them out, diversify sure. them, I guess. Sure. Well, what we're yes. Trying to say? Like, I, you could say it like that because, I mean, he said he was never going to flood the world again. And so, yeah, I would say you're right. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. That's all. Like okay. it just, because it seems like he's, you know, he's going a little bit easier on these guys than he did. The last bunch of guys that kind of messed everything up mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so uh but okay fair enough i i do still f i i was like kind of grumpy when i first read through it and i'm like well it keeps breaking us up like how but if we're if they're going evil again or they're getting bad this was this was actually a gift it, this was actually right. a gift okay mm -hmm. and so do you think he's because he keeps saying so you're saying he didn't bring angels he brought G Jesus and the Holy it Spirit would, with him? It would be, yep, it would be the Godhead. So it would be Father God, it would be Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I really believe that um, God using the word us, like let us go down. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's plural. And, and so I really strongly believe it's the Godhead. And there's other verses that back up how the Godhead was at creation. And so at creation, it was, it was like Father God, it was Jesus, it was the Holy Spirit, all three of them creating. And right. so I believe it's them coming down somehow. I don't know how they did that. Um, but that's where I'm at right now as I, I study these scriptures. Okay. And you had brought up earlier the, the Antichrist. 
Yes. Who is the Antichrist? What is the Antichrist? I'm just okay. curious. Because sure. I heard it. I've seen enough movies now, too, where sure. you know, they always use the Antichrist in the movies. And yes. I'm just like, who is Antichrist? What is the Antichrist? Yes. Right? I'm sure. The Antichrist is going to be an evil man. He's going to start off, I believe, as a small leader. I know this by the book of Daniel. He's referred to as a small horn. Um, he's going to appear very well. He's going to be able to move an audience very well, kind of like Hitler. Uh, he he is going to bring false peace. There'll be uproar in the nations, especially Israel, Middle East, most likely. And, and he's going to come in and bring peace and he's going to look like this most amazing guy so he's going to sign a treaty with israel and other nations for seven years breaks okay. the covenant halfway through he takes off his mask and his true colors come out he says that he is god in the temple of god and okay. then he will he and the false prophet I kind of look at the false prophet and antichrist as like a president, vice president. I see them as like each other's sidekick and they'll be, they'll be doing things together. It's actually the false prophet that, 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 that pushes the mark of the beast. But of course the antichrist is behind it. There'll be an mm -hmm. image of the beast, meaning the antichrist. Um, the word beast is often used for the antichrist. Um, okay. Revelation 13 will give you a really good description of him, but he is going to be awful. And deceiver. we can, yeah, he's going to be a complete deceiver, beautiful, a complete deceiver. Okay. So that's a little nutshell. I mean, I can go forever, but I mean, that's a teaser. It's a teaser. <laughs> so what I want us to do is with this section of scripture, we're going to actually start at the bottom and work our way up. So as I said, we see this word Babel. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is Babylon. Okay. Okay. It's the same word. It's the same word. And so I want to give you some history of Babylon one more time. And then I want to talk to you about the future of Babylon. So history, as I said, it's a city, becomes a capital, becomes an empire. When it's a Babylonian empire, it actually comes and overtakes Israel. It, it, it destroys the temple and it disperses the Jews. Okay. Um, Babylon as a whole is, is known to be very evil and to have idolatry. Scripture actually says in Jeremiah, it says, um, and they're talking about Babylon. It says, a drought is against her waters and they will be dried up for it is the land of carved images and they are insane with their idols. They are insane with their idols. So I'm just letting you know it's very corrupt. You're going to see Babylon many times in the Old Testament. Then it calms down a little bit. And then we don't see it really until the book of Revelation. So in Revelation chapter 17 and 18, it's going to talk about the harlot of Babylon. And this is going to be an evil economic system it's going to be a one world religion and it's it's something we really need to to, to pay attention to it's actually going to come before the antichrist and so we want to be looking we want to understand the characteristics of the harlot of babylon so we are prepared for it and so 
You can learn more about the Harlot of Babylon in Revelation 17 and 18. But I also believe we can learn about this system by studying the this people group right here, where it okay. originally started. And so if we look at verse 4, there's four things that this, this people group did. Okay, so they declared, let's build a city. They said, oh, and let's make a tower whose top is to the heavens. That's number two. Let's make a name for ourselves, number three. Least we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth, number four. Okay, we're going to go ahead and continue to be backwards and work our way up. So that fourth bullet, when they said, least we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth, that's complete rebellion. Because in Genesis 9-1, God said to spread out. And they are completely doing the exact opposite. Okay. So there's rebellion. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the, the third point, let us make a name for ourselves. That's self-worship right there. So that's another thing they're doing, self-worship. Them having a tower who's top of the heavens, this is most likely a form of idolatry. And then making a city for themselves that's doing it their way and not God's way. So we have four characteristics of them that are not good. And those four characteristics are going to be most likely in this heartland of Babylon system that's going to be brewing. And my final note, then we can move on. This system is going to be worldwide. And it's also going to be a specific city. And I believe the headquarters will literally be in Babylon. Okay. So I think it'll be a full circle. So those were my main nuggets. because I just wanted people to hear these things and study these things. We get so focused on all oh, the Antichrist and the mark of the beast. And, and we want to be educated on those things. But no one hardly talks about Harlot Babylon. And that's also a key player in the end times. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember, Oliver, last week you mentioned history always repeats itself. When are we going to start learning, you know, and from when we read on, it's, you know, generations and generations, they, they, they forget, they forget, or they want nothing to do with God. So mm-hmm. then they rebel and do something completely. So it's history. And you said on how, how important history is, because we can learn so much about history and try to avoid a lot of things mm-hmm. you know so yeah. so we don't repeat history <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah uh, yeah we did talk about that last week <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna do shem's line to abraham who's who's abraham who's this abram guy they keep talking about they like abram uh, uh i guess that's the first thing that comes to mind is like who's abram what's so special about this guy uh no john do you want to share do you want me to share yeah you can share but but yeah abram his name eventually changes to abraham abraham oh is this the abraham's bosom no abraham is yeah i mean that's a completely different different topic but okay. yeah, it would be, you know, Abraham, the father of nations. And Ashley can give you a little bit more history about Abraham. 
Okay, he was just a special guy then, so I take He amazingly special. I'm actually going to be a guest speaker next week um, okay. because we're going to find out that God gives Abraham a nation. Okay. And this is this is Israel. This is huge, huge, huge. And so next week, I'm going to share more to you about the importance of Israel and why this nation is so important. And it all started because of Abraham. And so. Okay. I'm going to butcher your names. I apologize to anybody that is listening in. I tried to read through them to get good at it this afternoon but i no it's not taken so but anyways here goes so shem's line to abraham these are the generations of shem shem was a hundred years old and begat arphaxed two years after the flood and shem shem lived after he begat arphaxed 500 years and begat sons and daughters and arphaxed lived five and thirty years and begat salah and Arphaxas lived after he begat Salah 403 years and begat sons and daughters. And Salah lived 30 years and begot Eber. And Salah lived after he begot Eber 403 years and begat sons and daughters. And Eber lived four and 30 years and begat Peleg. And after and Eber lived after he begat Peleg 430 years and begat sons and daughters. And Peleg lived 30 years and begat Ru. And Peleg lived after he begat Ru 209 years. So the, the, they're definitely not living as long now. They're not, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, and begot sons and daughters. And do you think this whole thing where they're, they're, they're not living as long, do you think this is part of God's plan? Like, do you think he's do there people are not living as long for a reason do you think he like do you think it's possible that like maybe god realized like humans living too long may not necessarily be a good thing because sometimes you know we clearly get a little carried away with things over time um i don't know like maybe he realized like we're gonna give them enough time to learn what they need to learn in their lifetime, which maybe is roughly a hundred years, but that's all they get because otherwise they get compromised after a certain amount of time. I mean, even Noah was compromised, right? He became a drunk. Um, yeah. So I mean, everything changed after the flood, you know, with, with the destruction of just the earth and everything. And, And you start seeing people's ages as we just read right here going down and down and down and down um i see it as more man for me if i knew that i was going to live for 900 900 years it would feel so depressing you know like just just the thought of that so i i don't know i mean the purpose of I think one of the purposes of them living for so long was to populate the earth. Okay. Because right now is 
you know, maybe on average people are passing away between 70 and 80 years old. They do say after you hit 40 years old as a woman, uh, there's a higher risk of bearing kids. I mean, here they were having, they were having kids, you know, hundred, two, three. Yeah, exactly. So at the beginning is the way to, to populate the earth. We need man and woman to live longer, to be able to get to um, hundreds of millions of people, you know, and keep on populating. And then after the flood, maybe a lot of things changed with the atmosphere and it started reducing the life of people. So, mm-hmm. okay. That's fair. That's fair. Do you have any thoughts, Ashley? Or I don't think God like made a mistake or anything. I think this is, was part of his plan. Like for whatever reason, you know, Noah and those before him, you know, 700 years, 800 years, whatever it was, I think, I think it was part of his plan to slowly start to decrease it. And I don't know why. And sometimes we don't know why, but yeah. I, I don't believe it was a mistake. I think he knew that this was going to happen and he, he allowed it to happen. So, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> and Rue lived after he begat Serg, who 207 years and begat sons and daughters. And Serug lived 30 years and begot Nahor. And Surug lived after he begot Nahor 200 years and begot sons and daughters. And Nahor lived nine and 20 years and begot Terah. And Nahor lived after he begot Terah 119 years and begot sons and daughters. And Terah lived 70 years and begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. So... Yeah, and here's that, here's what's really interesting. Um, my... Uh, my Tyndale study Bible. Okay. I do want to read this because they, they sure. do. I thought they did a really good job on explaining a little bit about the story of Abraham. And it's like a short piece. So it says, despite God's swift judgment of sin, most people ignored him and continued to sin. But a handful of people really try to follow him. One of these was Abraham. God appeared to Abraham one day and promised to make his descendants into a great nation. Abraham's part of the agreement was to obey God through sharp testing and an incident that almost destroyed his family. Abraham remained faithful to God. Throughout this section, we discover how to live a life of faith. So Abraham, if you had a big wall of faith, I believe Abraham would be number one. And then it would go to Noah. Um, and so on and so forth. So it'll be interesting if, if people comment and kind of say, hey, I think this person in the Bible should should be right up there with, uh, with Abraham because I think it would be a really good dis- discussion. But with Abraham and his son and his son's son, they become nations. And we will talk a lot more about Abraham in chapter, tw- in chapter 12 and the great thing is Ashley is going to be a part of it, too, because awesome. she'll be able to give us a lot more insight um, yeah. in the importance of uh, Abraham and God's covenant to Abraham. Okay. All right. I Yeah, I was just curious. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so now we're on to 
Terra's family. Unless there was anything we wanted to touch on here. I mean, the only thing I can think of right now is like, Terra lived 70 years and begat Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Do they speak anything about Abraham's brothers after this point? Or is they just disappear like all the other names that you see on the list? Like, was Abraham the one that amounted to something, kind of, I guess you would say, uh, out of the siblings? Yeah, I think there's only so many names that you can put in because it says that they had a lot of sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. um, we do uh, learn a lot more about Abraham. We even, in the New Testament, talks about Abraham. Um, and then Abraham's... Uh, when you read on, it talks about Abraham's brother had a son. Okay, okay. And and then there's an actual story about Abraham, um, Abraham and Lot. So but the more we read on, we'll actually start hearing more about the history of certain um, names here. And some, okay. of course, are spoken more than others. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and to my knowledge, um, Heron's not talked about that much, but his son, to my knowledge, is Lot. And and there's a lot, there's a lot about Lot. And so back to your question, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not yet seasoned in the Old Testament as much as I want, but Lot will be a, a pretty heavy player in the next few chapters. How much do you think of the Old Testament is missing? Like, because remember we said that we were talking one time and I could have swore you had said something about like some of the scripture or some of the stuff may not have gotten, like some of it might have been missing or not written down or something. Like, because I don't know, I could have swore I was talking to you about it. Was I, John? <laughs> Do you oh, John I mean, we did talk about the book of Enoch. <laughs> But there's a lot of discrepancies oh, with that. That's, okay, yeah. So that's why they didn't put it in the Bible. So okay, um, that might have been what we were talking about. Yeah, that, yeah, we're talking about the Book of Enoch. Okay, all right. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begot a lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nat nativity in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abraham and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. That'll be really important. That's going to eventually be Sarah. You'll, if anyone's watching and you, you you went to Sunday school or something, Abraham and Sarah is a pretty well-known story. And so big deal, like big deal. What What's so special about Sarah? Uh, I'm just well, curious. Because Sarah will end up having Isaac, which was, they, they weren't even supposed to have kids. Like they were super old. So oh. Abraham, so Abram will be Abraham, that's Sarai will be Sarah. And so it says how she was barren, meaning she she couldn't have babies yet. Um, and then she ends up having Isaac, who has Jacob, 
And then from Jacob, you get the 12 tribes of Israel. Like it's a really big deal. You guys will be reading it actually really yeah. shortly. Oh, that's cool. I it's a crazy story. It is a really crazy story. Yeah, and okay. talk about faith and all of that. Like, yeah. Okay, awesome. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So Tara moves to Haran. And Tara took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham, Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. Could I ask a question? Um, Canaan, or Canaan, the land of Canaan, wasn't there one of um, Noah's sons named Canaan? And was not, or not sons, one of his son's sons named Canaan. And then he get, uh, um, uh, Noah, he, he was really upset with him. And he, uh, he, uh, he, he, like, he didn't cast a spell up. He cursed him. He cursed Canaan. No, that wasn't one of, uh, Noah, Noah's son that was cursed. It was, um, where is it here? I just, I had Canaan, it here. Canaan cursed. Yeah. Uh, Noah's oh, drunk. No. Yeah. Yes. It was um, Ham's son. So okay. Ham and Canaan were 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 cursed. So, but yeah, that was a name. But this has to do with the land called Canaan. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm just curious though. Did I wonder if that Canaan went off and found the land and made it like they were cursed, but they did all right, and then they they built their own land and like you know like they. That's kind of cool. Like, he was like, I was cursed, but guess what? Ha, ha, ha. I've got myself a nice piece of land that I'm going to call Canaan. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't surprise me if, hey, yeah. he's already here. We're going to name. He's already conquered. He already took over this land, so we're going to name it. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And then I was just curious. um, why did they move the family from their location? What was the point? Like, why did they feel the need to leave? Because it says there's a big, they're, they're going for a, they're going to travel, right? They, um, so, uh, and Tara took Abram, his son, and Lot, and the son of the Haran, his son's son, and his daughter-in-law, his son, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Shelt. Why did they leave that area? What was, do you know, does it say anything about why, what was going on then that made them want to leave? I, for me, I would just say they're just traveling. You know, they know that the world is big. Hey, where we're at, it's it's becoming a big city. Let's go to somewhere else, maybe that where it's quieter. I know eventually where they're currently at, I know eventually it becomes very, uh, very wicked. And that's where God asked Abraham to leave that country, to leave that area to go into the land that's promised to him. So, so, so Tara and his family, they are very religious. Like they fought, they're religious. They believe in God. Cause right. I'm just thinking to myself, like, cause I know God says spread out and be fruitful and multiply or something like that. So this would play into that. They're, they're leaving 
this area that's got lots of people will go on to another area, multiple, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of talking out of my butt here, but I'm trying to figure it out in my head. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I had had uh, um, answers to answer your question. I think they just said, hey, let's just head out. Let's just go somewhere else. Let's pack up. Let's go. Let's see where we end up. But it, it, what's interesting is that it says that they went to the land of Canaan. So maybe they maybe they knew someone in Canaan that said, hey, you guys should come and move to Canaan because we have more land. I I but truthfully they, I don't I don't know. But then they bailed and they ended up staying in Haran. <laughs> like for us, I mean with Ashley and myself, you know, we lived yeah. we lived in a city where we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people there. Now we yeah. live in a small town of a thousand. So the move was nice. Now it's like quieter here. It's not as crowded. We actually yeah. get to know our neighbors. Um, so maybe, maybe they, they were, move. Maybe they just wanted to move. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I was just curious if there was any backstories on it. That's all. Yeah, and I maybe the the more we read, maybe the more we learn um, yeah. in regards on why they kept on moving. But the. In chapter 12, it talks about that Abraham eventually moves from the mm -hmm. area where he knew everybody because God told him to move uh, and to go into a different uh, different area. But I do want to mention Lot because we are going to be talking um, in other chapters about Lot. It says that Lot was Abraham's, Abraham's grandson. Um, and as you can see, they, they traveled together um, into Canaan. So Lot eventually gets captured. Abraham puts a group together and actually rescues Lot. Lot and his wife, for some reason, de decide to move to Sodom and, and Gomorrah. And... I'll say one more thing. Lot had a lot of regrets. There's a lot of things that Lot did that when we talk about those specific scriptures, it's going to be uh, um, somewhat shocking. Okay. So I'll leave it at that. All right. Man. Hey, I hey, I got, some, I got some information. I would thanks love to hear to, Thanks to the Blue Letter Bible and David Guzik. So, um, it says that Abraham's family were idol worshipers. So what? that answers your question. Yes. Holy. Yes. And you want to know what I just learned this the other day? Abraham most likely was an idol worshiper too, well, which blows been... my mind. But there's well, God using the... yeah, Sure. Yeah. But like, there goes God again. Just yeah. using like uh, the rejects, using the rebellion ones. Like God goes after like the unseen. Like that's what yeah. God does, and so oh, um. And that, it kind of yep. gives us it kind of gives us hope because a lot of the people that you see God using, mm -hmm. they have a lot of flaws. Yeah. No, no one's perfect. So so it's like oh my word. Oh, thank goodness God used these people. That means God's going to use me. God's God's searching out for me. You know, yeah. I'm 
a lot of sheep. Um, God's doing everything that he can to get us to see him, you know, and, and call us Lord and Savior. So when you read scripture, it kind of, there's parts where it's like, oh man, it, this gives me hope. He, God is going to want to use me um, to be a vessel. Okay. I love that. I love that he uses that. Like, I know Christmas is around the corner. And even the Christmas story, like, God choosing the shepherds to, like, come, like, praise and honor Jesus. And God even using the wise men. Like, those were, like, a rejected group of people. Like, and even okay. Mary. Like, this young little thing. Like, oh, I love that God loves the underdog. Okay. Yeah, well, that's good. He loves that's all good. of us, but he he does seem to like. Okay. Yeah. He, all right, that's great. Was there was there anything you wanted to share with us on your notes apart from? Oh, I, I think you covered a lot of that. I mean, for the most part, um, yeah, I think we did a pretty good job. I kind of had it memorized, and so I didn't really have to look at it. I just had it there in case I you know, got nervous or something, but okay. no, it flowed pretty well. All right. All right. That's awesome. I, I mean, I don't know what else. I got nothing else apart from no, this is good. <laughs> it was a good time. Thank you so much for being a part of this and for doing an amazing job answering our, our questions and giving us a broader explanation about the Tower of Babel and in Babylon. Chapter 11, guys. Wowza so much. Tower of Babel. Abraham becomes Abraham. And then we do learn more about Lot and the crazy stuff that he does. And and I'll just leave it at there. So let me close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. We just glorify your name. We give all the glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs>